Naomi Haidemai, and welcome to Full Disclosure, a Stuff and Kale Productions podcast with me, Karen O'Leary. In this series, I talk with all sorts of amazing and famous Kiwis to find out how coming out was for them. This week on Full Disclosure, I talk to the inspiring Alice Soper. I think I even chucked it in the family chat. I was just like, by the way, might be a bit, might be a bit queer. And my mum, <laughs> bless her, the next day she was like, should we go for coffee? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we go for coffee. She's like, I just felt like it was important. That oh. we said. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything with it. But she's like, yes, but I thought it was important to market. So bless her. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined here in the Wellington studio with not only an amazing sports person, um, a fantastic advocate for women's sport, and also just a generally really good bloody person. It's Alice Soper. Thank you so much for coming to chat to me. Obviously, I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask mm-hmm. you, and I'll probably forget most of those, yeah. and I just would love to have a chat with you if that's okay. I mean, that's fine. We're going to go right down a garden path, I'm sure, but we'll end up in good places. What kind of garden path would you want to go down? Um, Probably like a native bush, I think. That's what my parents are doing. quite like a bush. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Now, uh, uh, straight away into the gutter goes Karen O'Leary. Let's go back to the actual. We'll start off like we're just, you know, being formal and polite to each other. Okay. Um, So, obviously, I know you're an amazing rugby player. Mm -hmm. Um, I never got to the the privilege of playing against you. I did actually play rugby for Wellington High School for one season. I was an amazing first 5'8". Oh, wow. Well, no, I wasn't amazing, but I was the only one that could kick the ball, so I got the job. Um, you've been playing rugby since you were 13, is that right? Like, organised since I was 13. Um, so Disorganised before that. Yeah, yeah, like boys on the school playground. So I yes. um, grew up in Calvin, of all places, the whitest and most middle class, <laughs> upper middle class you can pick in Wellington. Um, and our primary school had no grass. It was concrete. And so we used to play Good like... For rugby. Yeah, so we used to play touch when the teachers were watching and then it was all on when yeah. they walked away. It's like because we, I was when I was at school, we used to play bull rush, and uh-huh. that got banned. Yeah, but I, I feel like you're a, a little bit younger than I am. Yeah, no, but I feel we had the same thing. I think it's like a you know routine. These things love to be like come and be controversial again. So it's just like what's something we can take away from kids that they love hitting each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where's the fun in that? <laughs> but obviously, as someone that's obviously been very good at sport, you represented Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. From what I know and what I've seen from you, you're a big advocate for for women's sport. Can you just tell me a little bit about why you're so keen to be such a good advocate (laughs) and what it means? Well, I mean, look, I think um, if you have played sport as a woman, you kind of know that sometimes you're not valued as much for all the beautiful and amazing things that you get to do and enjoy in those spaces. And, I mean, my kind of activism was... I I always think it's like opinionated person plus obstacle equals accidental activist, right? So Mm -hmm. like, it's not like I set out to be like, I'm going to go and do these things. It was just things happened along my way. So I started, yeah, playing organized when I was at high school, but uh, sevens actually was, believe it or not, I know I'm a front row now, but I was a sprinter (laughs) when I was at school. So sevens- I believe it. (laughs) Was my my first sport. But when I was 15, New Zealand rugby cut it for women in New Zealand. And so, um, because at that stage, you know, there was no Olympics on the horizon. Mm-hmm. They just thought, oh, yep. waste money. So cut the um, competition. And so like all of a sudden, like my first love in terms of sport is gone. And so that already kind of fires you up a little bit. Like, why aren't I allowed to play? Yeah. Um, and then kind of fast forward from there, there was also stuff, you know, in 2010, uh, we were coming into a World Cup year for women's 15s. And um, money was an issue, so they cut the Farah Palmer Cup, which at that time mm. was the only step between club and international. Yeah. So things just kept happening, and then me saying that they were happening 
was being a radical, right? <laughs> like, so. Yeah. You're not supposed to speak. Oh, how Alice. dare I? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a case of saying things that were happening became that. And, like, I guess that came to a head when we quit our first club. So, I, because I went to Onzo College, I was at Johnsonville, was my first rugby club, played there for like eight years. Yeah. Um, and the infamous story there was like our last year. We were supposed to be recognising various women for how long they had played, you know. Mm. Should be a blazer. In this case, it was a pin that cost like five bucks from a club oh, shop. Load of, load of bullshit. But anyway, <laughs> one of our um, players had already got one. Our captain was supposed to be getting their recognition, but they told us like two days before prize giving, oh, we can't actually verify she's played that many games. Which like, <sighs> that sounds like more of a you problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, that night... The handing out awards, of course, all the ones that are objective, so like number of tries scored, whatever, yep. you, um, we would win. So we were winning like the third one of that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go up. <laughs> yeah. So I went up and I oh, thank you very much. Took the microphone. I was like 18. I don't know where this comes from. Took the microphone off the club captain and was like, and just by the way, um, our captain, Trudy Mazzolino, yeah. can you stand up? She's played 100 games for club. Everyone give her a clap. Beautiful, here you go. Give it back. <laughs> sit down. And they're like, why did you do that? And I was like, honestly, like, what was radical about that? It was all true. Yeah. But what were they, outrageous. What were they scared of? <sighs> a shift in power. I think so. You yeah. know, and, and, and like, let's be real, there's a way in which particularly the sport that I've chosen to play, rugby, is mm. very tightly woven into, like, male identity mm -hmm. in New yes. Zealand, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. we say it's the national game. What yeah. that means is it's the men's national game. Yeah. And so, you know, you go back, I think there's a quote from an article that was written in the 1920s or thereabouts when there was a real push for a bunch of women to start playing then. And this guy said, oh, well, if girls are playing this man's game, that must make the men a bunch of sissies. And I think it's that, Right, yeah. that still hangs around, which is like if you're doing this thing that I've put as part of my, you know, masculinity, yeah. then what does that mean about me? Mm. So it's so interesting. Like, I must say, the other day when I was in the car listening to the radio, mm. and they were doing the sports news, and they led with the Farrah Palmer Cup, uh -huh. and they just said in the Farrah Palmer Cup, and they talked about the results, and they said, and in men's rugby, and I was like, yeah. yes, that is such a good shift. Yeah, that they're now having to describe it as men's rugby. I mean, right? Like, just put a little qualifier on it. Like, uh, so Ash Stanley, who I love her writing, and she's actually now working at the Rugby Players Association, but she speaks beautifully about how we kind of really know we've made it when we can drop qualifiers on whatever it is so you know while we're still always having to say women's this or yes. whatever then we know that we're not the default we're not the norm yeah um so it's Absolutely. really nice to see people starting to acknowledge that and just put that modifier oh i think you're absolutely right like when i was an early childhood teacher though that language is 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 so powerful. It's like, you know, you, you shouldn't have to say a female doctor or you mm. unless you're going to say a male doctor, you yeah. know, and similarly, it's not that hard to say police officer as opposed to police man. And yeah. people always say, oh, but, but they were a man. I said, yeah, but imagine if we just called them all police women. Would, yeah. the, would the men care about that? <laughs> no, now, you're a radical for suggesting such things. Good. No. <laughs> now, look, we could talk about sport all day mm -hmm. because we both love sport. Yes. Women's sport, Yeah, I would think, from, you know, making assumptions, that would have a high quantity of lesbians as opposed to other parts of life do you think that's true and if so why okay so there's two parts for that I think traditionally yes um, and that's because particularly if you look at the sports we chose to play so like for rugby for example the like whakapapa of women's rugby in New Zealand is very queer because 
you were already doing something that was out of mm. step with your gender. And these things, obviously, gender expression and sexuality aren't the same, but there is overlap, yes. right? Yeah. So if I'm already like, don't really care what men think, or I'm not <laughs> existing to please men in my life or endear myself to them, then I'm probably more inclined to keep pushing in that space. And so that like within rugby, yes. But then the other thing that I think is interesting is there's always this um, conversation about like how many queer people there are in women's sports. Like, for example, there was a lot of write-up at this last World Cup, they're mm -hmm. like, gayest one ever. But if you looked yeah. at what the numbers were, it was like in keeping with what the population was. Right. You yeah. know? And so I think it's this kind of negative, like, you, not negative, but like that perception, perception bias yeah. where there is that because we are still not the norm, we're super visible. Yeah. And so like, you know, 15% then becomes dominant. It's that, that like, you know, study that they do again and again that shows that, like, if women are talking in a room, if they're talking, like, what men perceive as an equal amount, it's actually only, like, what, 20 or 30%. Wow. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think there are parallels there too, yes. which is, like, because queer women are out and happy in these spaces, it seems like it must be super, super gay, but actually still <laughs> yep. the majority of people are straight that are playing these sports. You've just given me the best answer for that question. I've been asking so many people <laughs> and no one's come up with anything as good as that. So oh. thank you, Alice. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're it. so welcome. I've learned a lot, but also I thought it was all lesbians playing sport and now I'm a little bit disappointed. I mean, no, I'm same. Not, I'm not at all. <laughs> same. I mean, surely they should be, right? But no. No, no they don't have to. They can play whatever they want. Yeah. They can do art and stuff like that. <laughs> play the saxophone, in fact. Yeah, or in the flute and clarinet. I hear you have to do all three. <laughs> you do, if you want to be. <laughs> okay, look, let's get back. I'm going to go right back to the start now. Sure. Okay, this podcast is obviously about me talking to amazing people like yourself mm. about their sexuality. Um how would you define your own sexuality? Good question. So I think I kind of yo-yo uh, between, I, I see my sexual identity as being a lesbian, mm -hmm. um, but I also really identify with being queer, right? And I think mm -hmm. it's that whole yeah. bell hooks who defined that as being, you know, not just in relation to your sexuality, but being in opposition to all the things that like are expected of you. She says that a lot better. I can't uh, remember the exact word. I was impressed by that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that I think, that kind of queerness uh, is what I, how I feel mm -hmm. in the world, right? But in a good way yeah. that, you know, you then get to define things for yourself. But I think in terms of, yeah, who it is I'm attracted to, it's generally it's uh, women or, you know, femme presenting people. That's what, yeah. I, what I get into these days anyway. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting into that these days. That's great. <laughs> Didn't you have a lovely coffee and something this morning made by... Oh, you're my beautiful partner. Yeah, I know. We were like um, those movies, you know, where you think, who has time to have like sit down and have toast? Like, aren't we all just hitting snooze until we leave the house? But no, she made me a Not cup, you of, guys. Romance. cup of coffee and toast. I know. You identify as, yes, queer for mm. sure. Um, when did you first have a realisation that that might be who you were as a person? Do you it, remember that? It, it's interesting, eh? I think there's... There's the moment at which things clicked, and then I think like a lot of queer people, then when you look back on your life, you're like, mm. oh, those were probably not, <laughs> like, probably queer feelings for a long time. But, like, in terms of when I became conscious of yes. it, um, wasn't until about 2018. So I was about 28, mm -hmm. um, and so, like... <laughs> relatively later in life um, I had just moved to England I was playing in the Prem's um, rugby over there um, had moved to England and was living with my um, male partner at the time mm -hmm. but when I got there you know when we talk about uh, sports being gayer for women yeah. well actually rugby over there is pretty like 
yeah, they are. Yeah. They're more than the fifteen percent. Let's okay, just yeah, say that. Yeah. And there was also just like an expectation. So um, when you play in the prems over there, uh, you have to be on the bus for a lot of time, right? So you'd be up driving. I played for a London club, but you got to go up to Liverpool, wherever mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Um, so you're on the bus for a long time, and the initiation when you're on the bus on your way back from your first game, you get put in the hot seat, and the first three questions, just to give you a flavour of like how yeah. that is there. The first three questions they ask you is name. Uh, number of people you've slept with and ratio men to women. So it's just assumed straight out the gate that yeah. you are. Now, I had, in hindsight, been very no, like I'm not. Yeah. Which now I'm like, dude, what was that about? Like, why was yeah. there such a closed door in that space? But um, so shocked all of them with my short hair and general um, energy that I was like 0% um, woman. And then I guess... Because I grew up in Wellington, lived here my whole life. It mm. was going into a new place and, you know, when you're introducing yourself to people and you're telling them, you know, who you yeah. are. And so doing that at that particular moment was a chance to kind of interrogate within myself. Like, why am I telling these stories about myself? Mm. And um, then, you know, the very cliche thing of there was someone I was working with at the time um, because women's rugby over there wasn't paid, so I had to have a regular job. Yeah, um, And... I kind of just realized that, like, were this person a man, I would call what I was feeling a crush. So I'm just like, dude, like, what is that then? You know, like, let's get over that. And then that kind of, I feel like it had been kind of coming along and that, so 2018 is when I realized the queer feelings, but like 2016 is when I allowed myself to stop wearing dresses Mm -hmm. and cut my hair short, which was something I'd wanted to do since I was a little kid, you know. Wow. Yeah. There was a... um famous story of me when I was like four and I told the hairdresser I wanted my hair cut like my best friend Patrick because and and my mum you know always had the conversation with my stepdad oh well when Alice comes out they were having that conversation when I was two right (laughs) (laughs) um they were onto it yeah (laughs) yeah but like those type of things I don't think I would have got to the point where I figured it that part out about me unless I allowed myself to be myself first Mm. And then the attraction stuff came later, right? But I had to be me first. Why do you think you weren't letting yourself be yourself? Oh, I think, um, look, I'm a pretty strong personality, right? Which means that people either like that or they don't. Mm -hmm. And I got messages early on that that particularly wasn't a cool thing. Um, And I was already different, I guess, in like... Mm -hmm enough ways that like I could handle as a younger person yeah so like because sport obviously was my really big thing yeah and then choosing rugby it was like I was already being you know when you're a teenager it's just you just want to survive and you're like please don't draw any big attention to yourself so I'd already like allowed myself enough attention I guess that I could handle and with that had already come people you know making all types of comments about who I was and and like Mm. the classic one was you know people wouldn't bully me because I was too good at sports they couldn't be like you throw like a girl they'd always call me a man right and then you know because you're a man oh well you're attracted to women you big old dyke type of stuff right so you got you did get hassled about that yeah yeah Yeah. and and just so like because of that I then think I just protected myself Mm. yeah and you know that was the thing when I say like in 2016 and and being like it's cool like to just dress like yourself and cut your hair mm. off and things like that. That kind of giving that haircut, I was sitting there realizing like the reason I'm not doing that is because what some stupid boy when I was 13, 14 said some dumb stuff to me and I'm still carrying that around. Mm. Yeah. Like fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah what's his name? 
<laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, probably a Michael or a Ben or something. Yeah, Michael and Ben, you guys can just piss off, Ooh. okay? Mm. But it is funny, though, isn't it? Because I remember I had a long blonde ponytail at mm. high school until sixth form, and I was like, what I hate, yeah. I don't like this hair. Why yeah. have I got this stupid hair yeah. that I don't want to touch, don't want to do anything to it? And I was like, no, I'm just going to cut it off, and it's never it's never grown back since. I mean, the, the also the absolute joke of it, right, which is like short hair is more manageable. The amount of time I now spend on my hair is ridiculous. Well, it's paying dividends. Your hair looks really oh, nice Oh, thank today. you. That's my beautiful barber, Terence, who's one of my best friends. Well, my beautiful barber, Charlotte's one of my best friends, so <laughs> we can have a barber off if you want. <laughs> we've, pretty, we've got pretty much the same haircut. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. So when you were 28, mm. right, and you were like, hang on a second, this is this is who I am, mm. that, that sort of the conscious awareness came, who did you tell? Did you tell anyone? Did you tell everyone? How did that go? No, so I was in a relationship with a man still at that point. Mm-hmm. And so then that was a really interesting thing too. So that lovely man was probably the most normal and functional relationship I'd had. And I think mm-hmm. that's also why it took a while yeah. because the relationships, with, like my first like high school boyfriend I was with for too long. That was an abusive relationship. And then after that, my other longer term boyfriend, lovely, loved him, but there were also like a lot of issues with him Mm -hmm. that made it really loud. And so I was always kind of in response to whatever drama was going on. So it wasn't until I had lovely, which is so bad, like lovely, nice boyfriend that I could realize, oh no, I don't like men. (laughs) But so I I start to realize that, oh, maybe I don't. But then it's this terrible thing that I think is quite unique to women too. You're like, but there's not a reason to break up with him. Mm. I mean, the reason obviously is that I now know I'm not attracted to men. But at that point, it still took a while to unpack that, right? So I sat on the, the queer feelings for like a year. Then I started to tell people that I played with that were my friends over in the UK that I was Mm -hmm. like, I think I am also attracted to women. Yeah. And then, God, poor him. But then also, you know, Got him out of his small town and brought him to New Zealand. Bless him. He now still lives here. Um, uh, but had actually brought him back to New Zealand, right? But I had also told my family at that point when I come back, I was like, look, I'm with this man now, but don't be surprised if I end up with a woman in future. Wow. So, you, so how did you have that conversation? I mean, it was essentially that, right? Like I yes. just, I just, I think I even chucked it in the family chat. I was just like, by the way, might be a bit might be a bit queer and my mum <laughs> bless her my mum who is um for most of her life a new entrant teacher right she's yeah. so has very much that like beautiful energy I, I think so much like the um that general positivity that's installed in me because it's all like well done now yeah, like type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um so bless her after I dropped that in the group chat like the next day she was like should we go for coffee and I was like yeah sure so we go for coffee she's like I just felt like it was important that oh. we said, and I was like, well, I'm not doing anything with it. But she's like, yes, but I thought it was important to market. So bless her. So 
that what a good mum. She is a very cool mum. Yeah. I, I, yeah, very lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we sat with it, and then it like got louder. So you're louder. still with what's his name? Yeah, the nice guy. Yeah. And but your family knew that chances are maybe at some stage yeah. things might change. Yeah. When did it change and how? Yeah. So basically, like the little voice in the head just got too loud, right? Yeah. And again, to his credit, like I said to him, like I, I'm because he we were having visa conversation stuff, and I was like, you can't rely on me. Mm, wow. And I think it yeah. was because. We were having that conversation and that was a big one where I was like, I'm not, you can't trust me at the moment. Like I've got this part of me. And to his credit, he said, look, that's obviously big. That's probably something we can't talk about. Do you want to go and talk to someone about it? Very cool guy. Yeah. So um, went and did, and man, that was the worst. (laughs) She was terrible. Who was it? Was it like a professional person? Yeah, professional. And so, oh my God, just the absolute nonsense she came up with in response. (laughs) She was like, what's her name? But, like, she said to me, um, oh, but how do you feel about, like, gender roles and stuff? And, like, maybe it's also just that you're um, now, because at that point I'm 30. She's like, it's probably just that you're 30 and have a fear of commitment. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> look, at my, look at my um, relationship. You're paying this person money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, look at my relationship history. I'm a serial monogamous. Like, that's the one part that yeah. hasn't changed. Um, and so I was like, what are you talking about? But thankfully, like, that advice was so bad. That that basically confirmed that was a, it for yeah, me. That was enough. I was like, like, <laughs> like, you can't believe a word she is saying. No, I'm, I'm like, got... oh, I'm more aggressively <laughs> queer now. I'm going to go bash a woman right now. Do you want to? No. So, um, I, I, that basically then was the end of that. So came back and then uh, finished things. But then, such as the craziness of the last couple of years, I like had broken up with him and then lockdown of the whole country. Oh. So I had to be like, mm, so sorry I broke your heart. Can you move out? Because I don't want to be. In so you got on to move out? Yeah. So then you just had your lockdown to, what What were you thinking about during lockdown? I was having the time of my life flirting up a storm. I was going to say, but not in person. No, but. Because yeah. otherwise that's against the rules. And yes, no, tried, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, with all the. um, Just online. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. What, were you, what was your go-to site? Instagram. Oh, as, okay. as the yeah. modern day dating app, that's where I met my partner. Um, how but, do you do that? I don't even. I know people. I'm, still, I'm just so old. <laughs> how, how do you do, do that? that, mate? How I thought you had to be on Bumble. No, you that's don't. A, no, okay, no. no. Um, you just look at someone and then you send them a message. Pretty it's, much. Like, is that what you do? Yeah, pretty much. Like so. Like obviously, you're thirst trapping a bit, right? So you, you're 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 baiting the hook and throwing that out there, which is just like, I don't know, whatever. So, um, so you do like a post. Yeah. That tries to make you look appealing. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think I was necessarily that intentional about it. Well, the I'm other... going to go back through your Instagram now. And <laughs> You'll be, like, you'll be yeah, sending yeah. me this one and be like, is this it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thirsty. I don't know. I don't know, Kara. Is this making you feel something? Um, nah. I, also, yeah, just stories and that. Like, so, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah. People react to that. Oh, you're giving me a little in. But I'm also like an aggressive shot shooter, but then have absolutely <laughs> no confidence when it lands. So it's very silly. Like, I'm just like throwing them up <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then shocked when someone replies <laughs> yeah. and I the like the queer like, queer panic kicks then and I'm like I don't know what to say now um <laughs> so uh, you shoot but you don't necessarily know you you want to score yeah right yeah yeah, yeah yeah I'm just like trying to play percentages here mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right this is great I'm, I'm learning so much I would also say to you close store like close friends that's the but other you, place. But how do you meet new people if it's a close friend store? oh yeah yeah no okay so that's <laughs> once people are already following you how do you, oh right so yeah yeah, but you're saying how do you get people to follow? Surely you know. 
I've got yeah, I've got twenty eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think look. So my partner, she'll tell the story that because um, she followed me, and their reason for that was I had popped up on two people that she knew, but like from very different parts of her life. And she was like, who's this random parkour that's hanging out with all these people? Yeah. Like, what? Who, this, who is this? This is a very weird intersection and she's in the middle of it. So like, what? So um, she followed you. She followed me. And did you get a little thing that said, blah, 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 Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Now? So and I was like, oh, who's this? She's cute. And then um, she actually had, uh, I slid on the DMs after she'd put up a, great photo of her in a suit that was like I was like well if nothing else I'm gonna figure out where that suit's from genius that's yeah. a that's a good that was the opener yeah, like, basically yeah yeah so you said hey nice suit I said that's it do you want to yeah. go out with me for the next 12 years <laughs> <laughs> and she said yes I'll make you coffee and toast for breakfast, in fact. yeah that's yeah that's exactly how it happened yeah oh that's beautiful it's a lovely story so obviously you had that chat with your mum mm. and do you have a Another parent, person? Oh, yes. Yeah, I also have my dad. So my mum and my dad, um, I always say they met at Gore High, then they escaped Gore, and then they escaped each other. So I am the youngest of the first batch of children. Yes. And then they split up and they started having boys. When I was five, I had two younger brothers within a space of a month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I was not happy. From each side. Yeah. So my mum and my stepdad have been together since I was about two. And then my dad, obviously. Um, and so I called him and told him. But I actually only told him once I had split up from my yep. um, partner. And because um, he was like, why? And I was like, because I'm attracted to women. And then his response to that was just to laugh for like a minute. Wow. And <laughs> kind of like a friendly laugh? Oh, just, or like just a- cracked up. Yeah. And then when he stopped laughing, he was like, but you already knew that, right? And I was like, <gasps> no. And then he laughed for longer. So... <laughs> So yeah. your mum and dad kind of, they had, yes. they had an inkling. And my, my sister, because I've got yeah two older sisters and then a bunch of younger brothers, and my um, one of my sisters, very funny, her response to me was like, oh, that's great though, Alice. There's so many hot lesbians these days. <laughs> these days? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Unlike the olden days when they were all <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, oh, thanks, Hannah. Appreciate yeah. it. Oh, that's hilarious. So you're over in London. Did you, when you started oh, so, telling no, people? Oh, so no, when I started, when I came back, it was when I was coming, came back that I started yeah. telling people. And um, just in like, like oh, of course my friends were fine with it because what a what a random term of events. Like most of my friends are queer. Oh, that's oh, so strange how that happened, right? Like, is, what? What a weird coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they were very chill. If anything, they were just kind of like, well, yeah, glad you finally figured it out. Um, yeah. Like, love that for you. And again, like, yeah, saying to me, I just think it would be easier for you if you came out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, the most direct someone was uh, to me in my adult life. But it was said, I guess, like, you know, people would be like, oh, don't tell people whatever. But it wasn't in a bad way. Like mm. I say, just it would be easier for you. And she's right. It is. Yeah, for you to be yourself. Yeah. 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 So would you say that you've, have you ever encountered any negative attention as a result of who you are? I mean, yeah, but then like, since I've come out, like I no longer care. I guess the thing is, is like, when I was younger, some people just instinctively dislike you, right? Yeah, because they're bastards. Yeah, right. But that, you know, me then closing that door so hard and holding it shut and making myself smaller. Mm-hmm. Like, that didn't yeah. insulate me from people not liking me. So true. And yeah. so then it was, like, when I then decided to, like, figure this out about myself and decided to be myself. Like, that was funny because it was so quick, right, and that um, then ending up with Bailey. Like, when we first got together, she kept on being like, if we need to slow this down at all so you can... And I was like, I honestly don't care. This is so easy for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there is no... Na- I had no, like, 
angst. You didn't have to adjust into to no. that way of being because it was who you always had been. But it was yeah, it was yeah. just an alignment, right? Yeah. And that so many things then felt more natural and comfortable for me. And then also, you know, obviously being hugely, hugely privileged that my family was mm. could care less and had always been very supportive. Yeah. And then like my friends, likewise. So because all of that immediate circle around me had always been so welcoming, the then choice to do that, they were just like, okay, like. Cool. It's, I, get, I like what you said, like, you know, people, some people are just not going to like yeah. you for lots of things. So you may as well have all of who you are out there. Yeah. And then, and then you know the, the people that you want to like back. Yeah. <laughs> and then also definitely that, like filtering out the bullshit, but then also like to allow yourself queer joy. And that's something that my partner and I speak about a lot. Like, uh, it sounds pretty gay. It is. <laughs> Very. I love it. Um, but, you know, it's that whole thing of like, and that's, uh, you know, a little while ago I had um, someone else on Instagram who was a mum who had messaged me because their child is, you know, coming out and going yep. through that process and la la um, and was talking to me. And I was like, look, honestly, I feel like that response that people have, like parents do where they have that fear mm. and stuff. It's like, no, your kid already has that hate in their life. That that is already going to be there regardless. But if you don't allow yourself to be who you are, you're never going to get the joy part, yes. and you're just going to live in the hurt place. So true. So it's like ah, be be in that, and like also once you own something, people can't use it against you. You know, like once now, like I said to you when I was young, and people would be like, "Oh, you dyke or whatever," and, mm. and 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 that way. Once then I own that. It's like where well, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your love? Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Wait, have you got someone's number? You know, like this. Yeah, is... that's the thing because it's it's set as a way to make you feel stink or to yeah. feel, you know, yeah. But I love that part of myself, and that also, like again, the weird like roll on places that that then opens up in terms of freedom, like because I really don't care what men think of me. I think that also emboldens me to say whatever I think in terms of taking on um, some of the patriarchal ideas in sport. Mm. Because I'm like, yes. I don't I don't care, Dave, what you think. You know? You're, Bobby. Just, you know, like, yeah. I will, and also, I will literally, like, never encounter you. Like, so yell at me on the internet. I will just block you. Oh, like, this is... The internet's so great for things like that, isn't it? <laughs> Lastly, Alice, thinking, going back to your sexuality, how you identify, is there any advice you'd give to a younger Alice in terms of the way things happened or any advice you'd give to yourself. And if, if you don't have any, that's fine too. I mean, I think it's like the joke I always make is like, Alice, you're a lesbian. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like having that conversation. But I think it's just um, the thing I often say to young people is like, all the reasons you doubt yourself are actually the reasons you're awesome. Mm. You know, and I think that that's the, um, we're all kind of put on this like little conveyor belt of life. That you're like, these are the steps you should go to, and that's when yep. ultimate happy will be fulfilled at the end of <laughs> <Yeah>. that conveyor belt. <laughs> yes. But like, actually, as soon as you step off, you start to realize all the different opportunities and places you can go, and that they will be happy for you. And so that there's no one version of success. You define that, and success isn't finite. You know, there will so true. We can all enjoy and and celebrate how we want. So I think I would just say to young me, yeah, just. If people are trying to make you say not that, ask why and what their motivation and what's scaring them mm. about what it is in you that's challenging something in them. And so externalise the discomfort. I think that's the key thing. I've, like, am I allowed to clap in this? I was just, I was like, I was like, you should grab microphones all the time, Alex. I, you've got so many good things to say. I could listen to you for hours. Thank uh. you so much for coming in and chatting and 
Um, I think I owe you a beer. Oh, happy to have one. Go Ab- watch some cricket, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll see you at the basin. Yeah, beautiful. All right, bloody gay. Bloody gay. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I mean bloody gay. Uh, okay, thank you so much, Alice Soper. What a chat. What a person. What a time. <laughs> this was Full Disclosure, a Stuff and Kale Productions podcast. Thanks so much for listening. There's a new episode released every Tuesday. You can find them at stuff.co.nz forward slash full disclosure or wherever you get your podcasts. If you follow us on Apple or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, you'll get the latest episode delivered automatically without lifting a finger. Thanks to creator and producer Kate Langdon, stuff producer Jen Black and executive producer Chris Reed, and audio editor John Rofiha with original music by Eilish Wilson. Matiwa Aotearoa. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. That, that, I think Chris, that, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing a fan there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.